So welcome everybody to our Inspiring Thoughts podcast today. I'm delighted to have a very close friend and also work uh, partner as well um, from this perspective to have Dominic Human today from uh, who's director of Human HR Services. So Dom, great to have you on board for the podcast today. Really delighted to have you here. Thanks, Stephen. Um, very much appreciate the invite. Having seen some of your previous podcasts, uh, I feel uh, honoured to be with you today. Oh, you're going to make me blush already, Dom. You can't, you can't do that. You can't do that from that point of view. Yeah, but we've we've had some really good podcasts and really interesting. But I thought it'd be great to get because the work we've been doing, but also from your expertise, etc., to share with our audience today. So to share with everybody, would you just give people a kind of your career history, a brief career history, so people get to know you, Dom? Yeah, absolutely, Stephen. So it's really quite straightforward. Um, I joined the police at 18 and I, I stayed there for 30 years, um, retiring at uh, the age of 48. Um, during that uh, that time in the police service, um encountered an awful lot of conflict um and uh you know distress and and um the the darker side of uh, human nature um but one of the specialisms that i had was that i was a hostage and crisis negotiator uh, which um uh, was anything from you know a face-to-face intervention with someone contemplating ending their life um right through to you know the negotiation of, and release of um hostages yeah so it's a, a very very completely different world from me in my banking world and I know you and I've had many conversations about different worlds and paths um but so actually from our point of view having you as an expert around kind of the title we've called it today is the art of conflict conversations a real specialist in that field for you uh, and I also know that you deal with a lot of complex investigations and complex work to really kind of pull things back together or pull it apart to me make people move forward so if we dive into our kind of um questions today so from your experience Dom how does conflict usually begin so it's probably the 64 million dollar question but how do you see conflict from your position start to unfold or unravel so it is a 64 million dollar question and if I had you know if I had a solution for it I'd, I'd be a wealthy man and uh yeah. you know and, and the world I think would probably be a better place I don't think there's one single uh, contributor. Um, there, there are many factors um, in the causes of conflict. Uh, conflict is inevitable. I think that's the first yeah. thing that we need to say. Um, it's how it's dealt with, how it manifests itself, whether yeah. it's a constructive or destructive. Yeah. Now, um, what we see all too often is the destructive side of conflict, which is that... Um, we feel um, we feel that uh, someone's deliberately said something about us or we're being marginalized or uh, treated differently, bullied um, uh, or just uh, we had someone that we encounter with a different set of values and opinions to us. Yeah. And um, I think my experience is that uh, actually since uh, COVID, since lockdown, is that we're seeing um, the manifestation of negative conflict um, rapidly going through the, the expected channels um, much quicker than it would have done um, perhaps 10 years ago. Yeah, yeah. And it's um, and it's that bit there about um, 
conflict as well, where it manifests from or where it grows from. Um, and I know like today, a lot of people think conflict's bad, but actually conf conflict's all right if it's dealt with in a constructive point of view. Would you just tell our audience a bit more about what, what does constructive conflict mean? Because people automatically think conflict is a bad thing, but it's not. It's a good thing as well. So would you just share with people what kind of your views around constructive conflict? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I suppose that the, the, the terminology in itself would suggest that there's a problem. Um, we might we might call it a constructive disagreement, uh, yeah. differing opinions. So <clears throat> that is the healthy side of of having uh, a healthy debate um, where we can everybody has a voice. Yeah. Uh, we can be heard. Now, it doesn't necessarily mean that. Um, that, that, that everybody agrees with our opinion, but that we have a sense of being heard and respected. Yeah. The, the challenge always comes is that if we uh, put forward an idea or, um, we, you know, we're very, um, we've got a lot of uh, conviction in a suggestion or an opinion that we have, if others don't buy into it, um, we feel that we're in, in negative conflict rather than uh, actually having a great discussion um, and uh, you know uh, opening our minds and, and and our views to the enrichment of understanding you know the opinions of others around us. But um, the ability to do that is is significantly challenged. I think by a number of um, circumstances, but you know, if we if we think about the busy world that we operate in now, the the, the uh, fear of change, um, for example, the um, social media, um, you know, and, and perhaps we'll we'll talk about that in terms of um, it's become kind of one of the biggest areas for yeah. me in the work that I do, both in investigations and mediation. Social media has a significant part yeah. to play in that. So, you know, we um, just coming back to your question, you, you know, we can have a difference of opinion yeah. um, and disagree well. Yes. That's the, that's the key thing. But it's not it's not it's not necessarily a, a natural way for us to go about that. Um, yeah. And particularly, you and I do a lot of work and understanding around um, personality profiling, yeah. and we know you know that there are a number of those. Um, individuals that we meet who um, would, would either naturally be a people pleaser, which would yes. be a sort of passive endorsement of um, someone else's opinion yeah. uh, that they might not necessarily agree with themselves. Um, or, 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 you know, we've got uh, individuals that will step forward and, and will push and push and push yeah. their own agenda um, or, or their own thought processes. And this is where, you know, this is where uh, conflict occurs. I think the other key thing is, um, just to finish off that part, is that we think as human beings we're great communicators and we're not. We, we, we have to constantly work at it. You know, if we find a number of times we might say, no, no that's not what I meant, that's not what I said, um, that's, the, you know, um, particularly the written word um, yes. where... It's open to so much uh, interpretation. Um, yeah. So, you know, as I say, it, it's complex. And, and if, if I could find an easy solution to identify yeah. uh, the positives, um, yeah, I think I'd be a wealthy man. 
Yeah. And, it's, and, and to pick up a couple of bits there, I think it's really good. So constructive conflict is healthy, it's good, it's rich. Yeah. Um, yeah. You and I are different personalities if we looked at kind of the disprofile in that point of view. However, we have that mutual respect of going, let's share ideas, let's talk, and we challenge each other around it but we've a really good phrase you um, shared with me recently was about um you know shake your hands with good grace and then walking away and being respectful what we do see a lot is that constructive conflict going from a healthy debate to a i win you lose scenario and then it moves into that destructive conflict which becomes quite nasty bitty those kind of things and then that email revolution revs up and gets out of control. Um, and what I find fascinating is going through that destructive path, people lose sight of what actually was really the issue in the first place because people start gathering allies, enemies, those kind of stuff. It loses sight, doesn't it? And you would have noticed that as well on your path, how it just grows out of control, doesn't it? Yes, uh, uh, absolutely. And, and uh, you were, uh, as you were talking there, you might have seen a wry smile um, about a... a a situation that always springs to mind. So uh, forgetting about you know what the conflict was about, but being entrenched and embedded in it. Yeah. And just a very quick story, um, if, if I may, um, a, a mediation scenario. Two two um, colleagues in a workplace um, involved in a conflict that had been going on for ten years. Yeah. Um, and um, essentially. Um, you know, a conversation early on would have nipped in the bud the yes. the the, the uh, difficulties that, that between the two. It didn't happen. It manifested itself over a ten year period. We got we saw people um, you know seeking support and alignment for their own viewpoints, and therefore you know behind the scenes there's an awful lot of conflict that's gone on where actually the you know the party wasn't aware. Um, the, the last to know. Um, and actually, you know, in that situation, without going into too much detail, some, yeah. some really severe consequences within that conflict. Yeah. And when we finally got them in the room and said, um, 10 years ago, what happened? They, they initially couldn't remember. Yes. Um, yeah. And and then actually when they did remember what it was, it was, it was actually something of such a minor uh, yeah. situation. And yet it's been allowed to manifest and get out of control. Yeah. Yeah. Now, you know, that, that's a, perhaps an extreme example, but it's a, a very good example of how we we move through conflict um, and, and we lose the, the, the original understanding of why we might be in conflict, um, to, you know, to being entrenched for 10 years. Yes. Uh, it's something that was very resolvable and was in fact resolved in, in, in the space of the conversation. Yeah. And, it, and it's just that amazing bit about, I love that question because, you know, it's the art of conversation, conflict conversation. We have a going back and going, just talk us through what happened. And what's really good is that where we usually have the parties separated from each other, because people always think mediation or conflict conversations, chuck two people in a room and they'll sort it out, which is so dangerous. But what's really good is when we have those people separate and ask the questions, et cetera, it gets that deeper thinking of, yeah, actually, what did go wrong? And where did we, so we unpick it, which is really, really nice point of view. Um, and also I think the bit which you kind of build up there is just that kind of softer approach to people. We're not judging people. That's the other art of the, that kind of conflict is just there to help facilitate because some people need just to unpick it with a professional rather than a line manager, isn't it? 
And, and what would you see is the kind of most common conflicts you see, or if you're doing like a family fortunes top five or whatever, what would you see is where conflict usually goes awry? So I, um, I, I mentioned earlier social media, yes. um, and it's not just social media; it's essentially the written word. Um, yeah. So the, the the you know the the use of for all of the benefits of um, you know mobile communication um, and, and email and and social media, WhatsApp and what have you, for all of the benefits of that, the downside is is that as I said, we don't know what's in the mind of the person that's writing at that moment in time. And we don't know what's going on with the individual that's receiving the message. Um, and I was talking to a, a director of a global company uh, only last week who, who made the point that he now pauses. Uh, he now doesn't hit the transmit button yeah. uh, until the following morning. Yeah. And, and I think, I think that's become um, we've become so used to just typing messages, reply, et cetera, et cetera, um, in, in our uh, you know in our social circle um, that we've become familiar with doing that in our work circle. And so, as you know, I see I see that as a major contributor. Yeah. I think, um, and I mentioned this um, just briefly earlier. I, th I think society. Yeah. Um, you know, I think we there's there's a sense of uh, economic gloom, um, threat to uh, us in terms of the things that we value and and our ability to um, you know function uh, in life. And thinking about Maslow's hierarchy of needs, there are people that have gone down that pyramid of, of self-actualization to survival mode and yeah. uh, survival mode puts us in very much into that conflict um you, you know i you'll have heard me talk previously you know going back to lockdown you know the toilet roll scandal you yes. know we were in the toilet roll <laughs> yeah. um, and yet there were people that were stockpiling it you know we feel threatened and yeah. and what happens is we we go into that you know fight or flight mode yeah um I think the other side of it is, and, and this is very positive, is that we're calling stuff out yeah. much earlier, um, and I, I, I really endorse that as as a as a you know a positive um, process. Um, so we're not putting up with stuff. We, yeah. We're we're calling it out much quicker. I think the difficulty is is that by calling it out much quicker, um, that uh, it, it's the response to that, either yes. the response of a direct conversation with someone to say, could I just say to you, you know, when you did that or when that happened, it made yeah. me feel like um, we get very, we feel sort of very defensive. I think the other um, side of that is that we we tend to put our own value set on um, yeah. someone who might bring conflict to us and we might, uh, marginalize it because yeah. it's not something that that feels important to us or not something maybe that we've yeah. experienced um and again you know it's the the lack of recognition early on if someone brings something to our attention that's yeah. causing them anxiety we might not understand it 
Yeah. But it's important that we respect that there is that there is that feeling that has um, manifested itself in with that individual, and it's right that we do something about yeah. it. And I, and I love the the bit there also, Dom. If you go back to kind of Stephen Covey's emotional bank account about attending to the little things, that's super important for those colleagues that it may not be in our mind relevant or of that kind of but in their mind that that's really really important and if we don't attend to those smaller things they get bigger things they grow out of control uh, and i heard you use recently which is a really good phrase and it really resonated with me about all of a sudden people become hypersensitive and hyper vigilant if those little things aren't attended to so someone coming saying to you um dominic you know you know things aren't good at home and we, people go okay fine and move on is sitting down with that colleague and having a chat with them Actually, it could be a really big thing for them, maybe small for us, but really bringing it out makes a big difference, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I can't tell you the number of times that I've seen the benefit of a listening ear. Yes. Uh, the, the active listening that we talk about so yeah. um, passionately. Um, and this is this is a, another really important point. Essentially, we, we're geared up um, to... We listen to respond. Yeah, uh, we don't listen. Um, you know, a, a, a conversation in normal circumstances, a bit like a game of tennis, it's my turn, your turn, my yeah. turn, your turn, my turn, your turn, and then it naturally comes to an end. Well, when we're in active listening, when we're properly yeah. getting a, a true understanding of what the other party's saying, is that our contribution is so much less. Our yeah. contribution. Um, minimal encourages, you know, just a yeah. okay yeah. Um, silence, you know. Yeah. But and again, uh, the it's it's important that we demonstrate the that that person is valued to yes. a certain amount of time. Putting down the pen, yeah. not writing, you know, night notes on a keyboard, yeah. but giving them the proper attention that they yeah. that they they need. Um, and and you're right, you know, essentially we do go into hypervigilance, um, hypersensitivity, and then it's important to make the distinction of it's not oversensitive, it's hypersensitive. Yes. We've essentially something grown in our mind as being yeah. a problem. And the, the, the natural way that we go about things is we seek um, endorsement of that. Yeah. At, at every opportunity so um it it puts us in a heightened state of alert now we can't function yeah. well in a heightened state of alert we can for a short period of time but if you think that you've got people that live like that yeah. um because they feel under threat under siege yeah. then it's very easy to understand how you can see something in front of you that can fit the narrative yeah. created in, yeah. in your mind or that is in your mind. Yeah. And it, and it's, I, I think I love the couple of words about you're looking for endorsement of kind of your behaviour, what you've done to endorse that kind of, to carry it on. If it's endorsed because you're being hypervigilant, uh, hyper going, ah, I knew they were going to do that. So it's just really, again, uh, that's the kind of bit, and you've lost sight of all your other good work, all the other stuff you're doing because you're focused on that person. 
But what I loved also, the bit there is we allow people to talk and we actively listen. And that's a really interesting thing when we see with leaders, so the art of conflict conversation, people aren't listening. They're on their own agenda. Actually, really, truly listen to that colleague. And I think the bit there is we all know when we're being listened to. That's not a special art. That is we know when we're listened to and we know when we're not listened to. That's just human behaviour. But that's that kind of giving that person that quality time, putting that pen down, stop doing tapping on a keyboard. People can see that on Zoom and Teams and that kind of stuff. Really giving that focus because that person is really opening up their heart or their issues to you, isn't it? Because people share with us some really sensitive stuff, don't they? When we really break through, they really get stuff off their shoulders. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it, and it, it is an art, um, but there are some there's some very um, simple ways that we can go into active listening mode. Yeah, uh, we, we always need to make a conscious um, decision in our own mind. Okay, I need to stop. I need yeah. to give this my complete attention, and I need to change my contribution um, yeah. to to, um, to to the normal rules of the conversation. So actually. I'm just, I am a listening ear. I am yeah. demonstrating that I'm interested. I might, you know, I might summarise to, 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 to ensure that I've properly understood. Yeah. Um, I might, uh, you know, I might use minimal encourages, as we call them, you know, a sort of a nodding and, and what have you. Um, all of these little things that we just need to, to go into a conscious mode to do to provide the best opportunity to get the understanding from that other party. And that's the key thing. If not, we we, we end up spinning uh, things to fit our own narrative and our own agenda. Um, I, I, you will have heard me say this before. In any given situation, there are at least three truths. There's my truth, your truth, and the truth. And that's perfectly normal because we'll all see and hear things slightly differently. Yeah. That uh, that saying, I think, stands the test of time. Yeah. Um, that we we become so entrenched in a situation, a narrative that, however, it's manifested, that we're not willing to even concede. Yes. Sometimes that, that actually there is a different perspective. There's a different view. Um, and, you know, as I say, there's a lot of complexities involved in that. But I think, you know, if we just pause and just go, you know, in any given situation, there are at least three truths, my truth, your truth, and the truth. Yeah. But we set the, uh, we, we create the right scenario to have a, a yeah. an adult-to-adult -adult conversation, a, a, yeah. a, you know, a, a, uh, a non-threatening conversation yeah. because we've created the right space and right environment. Yeah. But I, okay, I'm here. I'm, I'm I'm ready to listen. Yeah. And and it also for pick up which people on our audience will hear either through kind of um, seeing on the screen through YouTube etc. or hearing kind of through audio through Amazon and Spotify is is the back tone of language and voice is so important. So my natural tone is I speak really quick and can we move quickly, those kind of things. But actually, when I'm really working with people, I really dial down, slow down the voice, but really kind of accentuate words to make that person hear and show that you're attentive. That's really important, isn't it? Tone and language from that point of view, Dom. 
Absolutely. Um, but, you know, it's a package deal. It's not one thing in isolation. Yeah. It is a deal. The, the, uh, the tone of voice is really important. If you think, yeah. you know, in a conflict scenario, we're, we're sort of at this level, you yeah. know, where, you know, well, actually, if you've got one party that's just saying, okay, look, you know, and, and, and emotional labeling is also yeah. important. It seems to me that you're angry, you're upset. Yeah. It's starting to make a connection, and it's very difficult for, for one party to stay up at this level yeah. if you've got another party that's saying, yeah. okay, I'm, I'm here to listen. Yeah. Slowing your voice down, uh, slowing your, your, you know, your, your words, and just lowering the tone. Yeah. Uh, of, of your voice makes such a difference. It creates a calming environment. Yeah, yeah. It's it's all. It's not. I'm not saying we all need to become you know sort of uh, yoga experts and what have you. But it, it's if you just think about kind of creating the right a, a smooth calm environment, that's where you want to get to. Yeah, and it, it makes a difference. And I, yeah. you know, you can. You can very clearly uh, demonstrate that once you, you know, once you've got the art of it. It's very easy to actually influence a room full of people yeah. uh, with just changing the pitch yeah. Yeah. Uh, and slowing down everything down. Yeah. And where would you, um, from your perspective, why is it important for colleagues to try and? resolve their issues themselves if there's conflict you know destructive conflict or why, why is it important for colleagues to try and sort it out themselves first why, why is that good well it, it it means that we as soon as we're seeing a problem we're yeah. we're identifying it and we're speaking about it yeah. that's you know that's absolutely vital the um the opportunity um to just Express to someone who may have no idea um, yeah. about something that they've done, or the consequences of a word or phrase used. The opportunity to invite them to reflect yeah. uh, on that, to acknowledge um, that you know it's had a negative consequence, yeah. whether it was intended or not, yeah. uh, and and to you know create a. a understanding and to create then a situation going forward that says okay um you know if there are in order to strengthen our relationship please come and talk to me yeah um, you know so that's the that's the first thing the the speed at which we can do that either you know we, we feel comfortable to do it ourselves or we seek some help um yeah. To, to you know engage a third party to help facilitate a conversation the less um, time it has to be destructive so we we're taking ourselves we're not getting wrapped up in the hyper vigilant hypersensitive yeah. mode we're not um seeking uh endorsement of our view from yeah. colleagues friends um we are facing it we're straight head on yeah. now uh People will say, and quite rightly, well, there could be power imbalances in terms of a workplace conflict. There could be, you know, different characteristics and what have you. So this is why it's really important to always consider the, the benefits of a, a, a third party, a mediator. Yeah. Um, so 
they, they, they get the support that they need. Yeah. If we think, you know, if we think about the effect on well-being, yeah. on, on, on mental health, um, we think, you know, about the, the, the costs in terms of sickness absence, yeah. productivity, um, you know, the, the, the data is a little bit old now, but, you know, something like, you know, 18 billion pounds or something, no, 12 billion pounds um, cost uh, each year. Yeah. Um, and that's the financial cost that they put on it. What you can't ever measure is the emotional cost. Yeah. Those individuals that are affected by mm. conflict. Um, and we need to, we need to, take a positive um, action yeah. at the first point that we become aware of, of conflict. Yeah. yeah. It's not always easy to do, and I get that. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm not I'm not naive to that, and there's a, a lot of um, yeah. support um, that would, you know, that would be required uh, in some circumstances. But I think the key message is the earlier that we can get yeah. into some sort of dialogue, the better opportunity we have of finding a resolution and moving forward and that yeah. ultimately has to be the the you know what we want to do yeah uh, and i there's a phrase that um i use with clients and we talk to people about leaning into it actually that speed rather than it fester people build allies etc lean into it but also just think about what you want to say and how you want to say it think about that tone and pitch of i need to have a chat with you you may not have been aware so really actually showing humility rather than going, you're wrong and I'm going to tell you why you're wrong because that person may not be aware of it. Whereas actually, so I need to have a chat with you. These things that have affected me, you may not have been aware of it, but could we just discuss it? That's such a nice way of doing it and professional rather than aggressor um, kind of kind of pose or kind of distinction. So what tools would you say is available to people to really improve their art of conflict conversations or those kind of things done what tools are available to people so i, th I think the um the, you know there's a number of, of ways that um you can go about about this in terms of positively managing conflict that there are many organizations that, that you you know as well as i do that are now moving forward with this uh essentially seeking some informal resolution yeah. Uh, ahead of invoking, um, you know, policies that that might take us down a formal pathway for investigation. So, you know, those companies that do that really lead the way in, yeah. in setting the, the the tone and expectation and support. Um, I think the as soon as you've got an individual that, that feels uh, that they're in conflict there needs to be a pathway for them to be able to express that and as i said earlier it's not necessarily that it we we seek to understand yeah because it might not be something that that resonates with us but that we seek to acknowledge that someone yeah. is in conflict yeah it's then creating an environment where we uh, where essentially we, we we can have an open and honest conversation, and yeah. again, that's very much around from an organisation's perspective. 
nailing its colours to the mast to say that, you know, we we are a mature, emotionally intelligent organisation yeah. that understands that conflict will occur. It's our response to it that yeah. uh, makes the, the significant difference. So it's making sure that, that uh, we've got people that understand what's available within their yeah. own workspace, we um, we need to certainly make sure that managers uh, and leaders uh, are skilled in the art of active listening. Yeah. Um, because these will trigger uh, for us some warning signs. So again, coming back to my experience, some of these things have been raised but haven't been properly uh, acknowledged or dealt with, yeah. uh, which means that they will manifest. They won't go away. Yeah. That's the key thing. So some upskilling there um, and just making the time. Um, and we think, you know, we, we, we find we're incredibly busy, but making the time, if someone makes us aware of conflict, to um, pause and, re- and properly reflect um, yeah. on what's being said. If we take away, as you said, the, the personalisation of, you know, you're this and you're that, yeah. I talk about when this happened, it made me feel like. Yeah. It's, it's so much easier to to begin to respond positively to that yeah. because you're you're less under threat yeah you're you are essentially someone is saying I, i'm not i'm not i'm not saying you've done this deliberately but this is how something yeah. made me feel yeah. and if we so um you know that those are the important things access to mediation quality good quality mediation is so important um, I think there's a, you know, we all have to start out somewhere. Um, yeah. let, let's be be clear about that. But this is an unregulated um, yeah. sort of industry. And what we have is a lot of well-minded individuals, uh, motivated individuals who want to make a difference, um, who go on a, a, a course and then essentially, you know, are felt that they're equipped to, yeah. to deal with, every type of conflict. In fact, I was talking to uh, a lady yesterday who uh, had met on a training course last September, really distraught because um, her first mediation um, was a five-year-old conflict um, yeah. where she didn't feel that she'd been able to give her best of that. So we've got a, so mediation, but quality mediation, yeah. you know, getting making sure that we've got people that are experienced uh, in conflict and comfortable in that environment yeah. and can re- maintain their neutrality as well. Yeah. This is really, this is another difficulty is that when someone shares with us emotionally, yeah. we, um, we tend to become invested in them and yeah. we have to, it's not that we can't empathize with them, but yeah. we have to be impartial and slightly detached from, yeah. um, otherwise we're, we're doing a disservice to the process. So, you know, I, I would encourage anybody uh, that's that's in conflict, first and foremost, to acknowledge it, it themselves. Yeah. Speak to trusted colleagues, speak to you know, a line manager, a friend. Um, again, you know, talk very much in the workplace, but this is, you know, within the communities as yeah. well. Um, and just seek some support. Yeah. Get a list in here, first yeah. and foremost. Yeah. The power of that process should never be underestimated. Yeah. The number of people that I that I talk to who then say, I feel so much better. I don't think I need to go to mediation now. And of yeah. course we go, that's what you go do because 
you whilst you told me, yeah. yes. to tell the other person. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, those are the things, those are the um, things that are available to them. And I would encourage people to, I would encourage organisation, get, you know, get some in-house mediation, really important, mm -hmm. having those skills to have those informal, yeah. very quick in the bud sort of sessions. But I would uh, equally encourage that um, pause and reflect on the skill set and the um uh, experience of uh, individuals to be able to yeah. properly um, feel confident in the mediation uh, yeah. environment because it is complex, it's tiring, yeah. it's draining um, for everybody involved, and um, you know we need to make sure that we we enhance the reputation and benefits yeah. um, positively. I think you're spot on there about keep enhancing your skills professionalism it is complex it is hard work it is draining it's not two people just chuck them in a room and see who wins it's, it's a really good scientific way that we work through with people to really get them to trust us to open up but showing that it's confidential it's voluntary we're impartial they're coming up with the ideas to take forward it's it's, it's a really good but it's a good proven method from that point of view so um don we get asked often is kind of what, what's on your personal development uh, for this year what, what's don looking to improve or develop this year ah well um yeah it's a good question Stephen. so i um i've just finished a uh, forensic psychology uh, diploma wow. um so i'm um i'm now signed up uh, for a level seven diploma in yeah coaching and mentoring um i i'm a uh, i do business mentoring uh for small and medium um companies i'm qualified in doing that but i want to to sort of formalize uh the coaching and mentoring side of things so i'm doing a level seven in that and i'm also three quarters of the way through um being a, a an internal quality assurance assessor for things like um you know uh, degree equivalent assignments and what have you so um, yeah, in amongst everything else, yeah. uh, my, my mind active. Yeah, and I love that. Keep pushing yourself, isn't it, to really your new comfort zone to keep learning, to keep moving forward. Uh, and I think that's the richness where you and I are always constantly talking about not how do we always get better, but how do we improve? How can we question things? How can we develop? It's just a great thing to keep moving forward. Otherwise, you'll stay still from that point of view. So just to finish off our conversation, because you and I can chat. We know we, know we have many chats uh, that we have. Um, how can people get hold of you, Dom, just to finish? If anyone wants to reach out, or what's the best way to get, get hold of you, Dom? So the easiest way, Stephen, is if um, you go to the website, www.hhrservicesLimited, abbreviated to ltd.co.uk, um, or, of course, they can contact me through you. Yeah, fantastic. So, uh, and I would just say for anyone out there, connect with Dom. Very, very wise words, as you've heard from today. Really great to work with for from that perspective. So, Dominic, can I just say a huge thank you uh, for being on our podcast today and also have a wonderful weekend, but a real big thank you for you joining us today. Thanks, Stephen. As I say, it's a real privilege to be invited and it's been great to talk to you again. Wonderful. Thank you ever so much, Dom. Have a great weekend. Thank you. Take care.